0: Isn't it strange that there seems to be a rather clear record in the Gospels that the reason Lord was not recognized immediately by those who should have known him? If you remember the story of, uh, I think it was read on Easter, if you came to the right service, um, or the the service where this was read. uh, Mary Magdalene uh, sees him and uh, she takes him for the gardener, remember that, and turns out to be none other than Jesus. Why wouldn't Mary Magdalene recognize him right away? Was she that distracted? It could be. And you know sometimes we only see what we frankly expect to see, if something is beyond the possibility as as far as we're concerned, beyond the realm of possibility, it just might not come into focus for us. But in today's gospel, later that day, it relates how Cleopas and some other nameless disciple, I guess he wasn't important enough to be remembered carrying out a conversation with him as they walked toward the town of Emmaus. Probably they were walking along with their heads down, every now and then looking at their feet, or maybe at each other, distracted anyway. But they did not recognize him for some time. I always wondered how they could be so dense. But then again... I will not confess to you how dense I've been on more than one occasion. It comes easy to the human race. And not long ago, I had the experience of learning something about my own perceptive skills. Not that I liked it, but it's the way it was. You know what? It's the wrong blasted. No, it's not. I think this is this is an ongoing problem. I forgot what I said at the earlier service. Anyway, Lord, okay. I was um, doing a uh, teaching in a reunion for Kairos which is a ministry of uh, all of us, of the Christian church. It's ecumenical, um, but it's aimed at uh, prisoners. Uh, We had a Kairos weekend over in Ridgefield, uh, excuse me, not Ridgefield, uh, uh, Newtown, very recently. And it was the second one that I had participated in and is very definitely a Christian witness weekend. And uh, I was responsible for uh, making sure that there was a way of listening to each other. <laughs> there was one of our guys who was, one of the prisoners, who was there. And uh, he was fidgety to say the least. And there was a small group discussion going on and uh, I was getting annoyed after a while that he kept sitting like this and he'd be spacing out like this walking. By the way that over at Garner um, in Newtown it is uh, a maximum security but they also kind of specialize in those with psychiatric problems. So there are a lot of people over there with additional problems other than having broken the law in one way or another. Uh, So he's there uh, looking around, and um, I said to him, um, Will, do you think... Maybe you could pay attention to what's going on in our little group here. And he said, well, I'm trying to. Okay. <laughs> uh, what's, what's going on? He said, well, can you just be, be among the group? It's a small group. Face us. He said, well, then I can't hear you. I'm deaf in this ear. Oh, excuse me. So he was turning his good ear to us so he could hear something. I thought, oh, actually he was more attentive to the process than I was. I was focused on another interpretation, in other words. And maybe the early disciples were also focused on other interpretations of what had happened to Jesus so they could not understand the reality of what was going on in Christ's resurrection. Just so you know, I lost the notes to the other sermon, so I'm using a different one for this group. Um, But it's still Easter, so you can be surprised, okay? Uh, Maybe I'll have to read ahead a little bit, I'm I'm sorry to say. Um, How about this question from your intellectual but maybe not so sympathetic friends? why did you bother going to church today? Did you find it a waste of time? I'm sure I would have. Do you like the local minister? That's nice but even she wasn't here so you had to put up with a guest so-called. So why do you go? Well some of you might say, "Mm hmm, oh I go to um, meet with friends, hear the Bible read, pray, well, can't you do those things just about anywhere? Mm, yes, but there's a little bit more. There's what we call Eucharist. Not something I do alone. I don't think you can do it alone, actually. Euchar who? Euchar what? Eucharist. You know, communion, Holy Communion, Mass, the Lord's Supper. Has a bunch of names. Oh yeah. That abracadabra stuff with bread and wine turning into body and blood, supposedly. Well, I can get along, frankly, without reminding myself regularly about one sad meal. Seems pretty superstitious to me anyway. Well, from that point on, the conversation could easily break down into things like let's just agree to disagree or possibly branch off into some unhelpful direction to argue about like you don't really believe that little piece of bread turns into Jesus' body, do you? Mm -hmm. Well, I guess it depends on what you mean by Jesus' body and bread. However, should you ever get sucked into that kind of conversation, and I hope you don't have to, but you may, I suggest you be ready to quote St. Paul in one of the chapters in 1 Corinthians. And he said there very plainly, Now, you are... The body of Christ and individually members of it. Is it any more easy to believe that you and I compose the risen body of Christ than to believe he can be contained somehow in a little dinky piece of bread? How literally do you want to take the idea that you and I compose the body of Christ? I hope, sooner or later, someday, you can come to take it, if not literally, at least fully, to mean more than simply, let's think about it. That's why we participate in baptism participate in the Eucharist. It's more than just thinking about it, it's being sucked into the life of Jesus. We celebrate a meal, and on Maundy Thursday we have a celebration of a meal long ago. Some say it was the Passover meal, some deny it was a Passover meal, say so it was a special meal called an We call it sort of agape that Jesus was using. But uh, it includes some bread and wine. It included more than that, actually. But now it includes the words, whenever you eat this bread and drink from this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Right away, that brings us beyond the night of Monday, Thursday, into the middle of the afternoon of Good Friday. And it goes beyond that too. If we are only Good Friday Christians, I think the world has a good reason to feel sorry for us. But. Our remembrance is also an Easter remembrance because on that Emmaus Road, as the two disciples come near to the village in which they are going, he walked ahead of them as if they were going on. They asked him to wait because he was going to go on ahead, remember? He looked as like he was going to go ahead, but they wanted to stop in this place called Amos. They were tired. It was near evening. So he did stay with them temporarily. Temporarily only. He stayed long enough to say grace, evidently, and break the bread. And then finally they realized who they were walking with. The guy they had been mourning. Do you remember what it was? How could you not know what's going on in this area? This Jesus, we thought he was the prophet to come. I guess it didn't turn out to be that way, but we'll carry on somehow. And his response to them was, how foolish of you not to believe. He walked ahead of them as if he was going on, which is characteristic of Jesus. He's always just a little bit ahead of us. Well, maybe more than a little bit. Last Thursday, I attended the annual meeting of the Episcopal Church Women. I was at Episcopal Church Women for the day. It was very nice. Um, They almost always, by the way, have an excellent speaker. This year, uh, they had an excellent speaker, uh, one of the bishops from the south. We had a kind of double curry blessing because our local curry, Jim Curry, one of our uh, bishops suffragan, gave the homily during the Eucharist. And it was a wonderful, wonderful homily. It was poignant, it was to the point He spoke very personally, he spoke as if he knew we were with him in wanting more. And we got another dose of Curry, not Jim Curry from Connecticut, but uh, Michael Curry from North Carolina, who was a very energetic elderly black man. And he preaches like a black preacher, okay? Could have been a Baptist for all I know. But he's great. He gave a very invigorating sermon about, to a certain extent, what it means to be a crazy Christian. Episcopalians do that quite well. Uh, But his end point was that Jesus' resurrection is the promise and the proclamation that God's mission can't be stopped. That God's mission as we've been taught to to talk about by our own bishop, God's mission will not fail. I uh, would suggest and in a sense challenge you to maybe next coffee hour that you stay for, instead of talking about the weather or only local politics or only uh, whether you're happy or not with the local school system or your neighbors or whatever, if maybe you want to make the topic conversation with a fellow parishioner, when was the last time you saw Jesus active? Was it in the breaking of the bread? Was it in a conversation that you had with another believer? Was it in an unexpected gift or healing? How did he make himself known to you? Or does that never happen to you? And if not, it's time to ask yourself some questions. (laughs) Like is Christianity full of bunk or have I missed something questions are always good if they are honest I ask you this day would you know the Lord by his stripes by his wounds or only by making you feel good for Christ our Passover has been sacrificed for us and he calls us to the feast. Hallelujah.